This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Want to make a podcast? Spotify's got a platform that lets you make one super easily, then distribute it everywhere, and even earn money. We like that. All in one place for totally free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters, and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your cellular telephone or your computer, so no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and everywhere else, those other places that podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify, and when you want to take conversations with your fans to the next level, Q&As and polls are the best way to get them talking. With Spotify for podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it's totally free. Zero catch. We've been using it ever since we started How Long Gone. And ever since I discovered Spotify for Podcasters, I feel like having the option of turning off the Q&As and the polls on the user dashboard (laughs) has really helped uh, boost my creativity and take it to another level. I highly recommend giving it a try. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to www.spotify.com slash podcasters to get started. Wearing the wearing a new shirt with my Sleepy Jones boxers. It's a good it's a good look for podcasting. What kind of shirt is that? It's a new Noah shirt. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. A podcast listener said that he saw you at Noah. It's funny because I was doing a. Um, I think his name is Josh. He's my new crypto ally. I was with a friend of the show, Liana. Because we're doing, we did her uh, shopping with Vogue column where she went shopping with me for the afternoon. So that that'll be. I think that mm. I think that's coming out later this week. What an exciting week so far! There's so much going on this week that we also need to share. Um, what else? Let's see here. We've got you ate lamb. <laughs> well, I'm I'm more talking about podcast things. Oh, I'm sorry. I did eat lamb yesterday. Um, friend of the show, Decatur Dan, had a little party. Would you hold on? Would you would you call what he did yesterday a kickback, or was it a party, or was it an activation? I just want to make sure we get the vernacular correct. It was a kickback. It was a Memorial Day grill off. What? What? Can I ask a quick, quick question? What is the what is the qualification for a kickback? Like what? What makes what takes a get together or a party to a kickback level? Well, I mean, I guess the real question is how do you get from a kickback to a rager? Because that's sort of the, the way the progression goes, unless you're you know degressing down but yeah i, I think uh, well as you as you know jason you know i'm a kind of a downers guy if i had to choose so mm-hmm. well you know firsthand chris that you can do downers at a rager right <laughs> you can be at a rager while having downers in your body and your bloodstream good point good point so so have you ever done that before i've done that before not good. Yeah, Jason, I did it for about three years straight. Uh, it, was, it was pretty. I don't remember a lot of it, but you know, I was definitely there. So you had the you hit the kickback. You had some lamb. You know, there's food. You know, there's probably ten people. Is the kickback max? Okay. Anything? I think more than ten, and then you introduce music, and then uh, you've got a rager. I, I guess also a kickback. You usually know almost everybody there, at least tangentially, and then a a party or a rager. 
there will be multiple people who you are not acquainted with. Okay, yeah, yeah, okay. So you were there and you did meet you did meet Nike fitness influencer Kirsty 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 Godso, <laughs> who is gonna be on our podcast soon. She's gonna be like if Joe Holder was good and <laughs> She's gonna come in. She's gonna come in and get all y'all fat asses in shape verbally for the for the summer season. Yeah, yeah. We got to build. We got to talk about you know diet plans. Uh, I learned that you can't eat heavy whipping cream as a part of a low calorie diet. That one was a shell <laughs> shock for me. I am shocked and also uh, surprised that someone of your caliber in the food space maybe wasn't aware of the caloric intake of heavy whipping cream. I was aware, but I choose not to. Uh, I choose not to see. And it is. I also did learn that with a, a, a Kiwi accent, the the words heavy whipping cream. Uh, <laughs> heavy it's whipping a fun, cream. It's, it's a good phrase. It's a good little turn of phrase just to say with a with a New Zealand accent. Shout outs to all of our listeners in New Zealand. I think what we should do with Kirsty is actually just have her lead us in a Zoom workout and we just record that audio and put it out as a podcast. Yeah, that'll be great audio. You know, we'll I guess we'll have to get those microphones that strap to our head. She definitely has one of those. I'm sure Nike sent her one branded, of course, ready to go for situations just like this. Yeah, that's going to sound great. Um, you know, just two people huffing and puffing in between sets and no, you know, nobody can see anything at all. It'll be good. No, no, you'll you'll be huffing and puffing. I'll be obviously a little short of breath but able to hydrate and keep a low heart rate so I can complete my sets in a timely and uh, well-mannered fashion. I like having a fast heart rate. It helps burn those calories, Chris. You should try it out. Higher uh, higher heart rate stuff, it'll help you get into that zone. If I was drinking, if I was drinking heavy whipping cream like coffee, I would I would be interested in that too maybe, but we have a different approach. I don't drink it like coffee. I don't drink it like coffee. Fuck you. Um, I'm definitely hung over. Like this weekend, fuck me up. I I'm I was not used to a real three day weekend. This is the first real three day weekend. Fuck COVID. Where you know the sun is out, COVID is over, and uh, functions are back. So like I got blasted on Friday. I got blasted on Saturday. I got <laughs> Sunday. I did not blast. Sunday I was resting and recuperating. Did you smoke a little herb though? Maybe you hit the little pipe. You know what I'm saying? I hit the edibles as well as the bongi and <laughs> it was, it was exactly what I needed. But last night, like we, you know, I was drinking Casamigos and harmless harvest squeeze of lime. It's the new skinny girl. Damn. That's it. Look. Friend of the show, uh, friend of the show, Jake Troth showed Trigger up. Trigger uh, back from the Chris Black move. Back from the golf course acoustic guitar in hand and what did he bring to the what did he bring to the activation he showed up with just like a shopping bag full of harmless harvest not the small not the giants but but the but the good the the 12 or i think 16 maybe yeah jake troth that's what that's that major label record deal you know what i'm saying that's atlantic records baby that ain't that hits different you can afford the harmless that way i like to see that songwriter points are popping. i like to see yeah that. the but it was it's it's great to make a skinny girl with harmless and just to have like a red solo cup at the function where people are just like, oh, you're probably just drinking some like pissy little Jack and Coke bullshit. And you're like, no, but, no, I got twelve dollars in my cup right here at least. I got, <laughs> I got twelve dollars in my motherfucking cup. So you had, you had <laughs> coconut. It's coconut water, Casamigos, squeeze of lime. 
coconut water, Casamigos, squeeze and lime. It was a, you know, let's say it's a double Casamigos, and then the, the rest of the cup is filled up with Harmless Harvest. If you were to order that at, you know, uh, Mr. Nice Guy or Delilah or something like that, that's a that's a twenty four dollar cocktail, twenty five dollar cocktail, just on just on food costs. Shout out to our family at Hwood Group. We we see you guys. Thanks for listening. As all as always, we thank you guys for tuning the fuck in. You already know. That's I'm glad to hear. I'm glad to hear that though. That sounds like I, I was actually pretty bummed to miss that activation. Um, it was it actually was a beautiful day yesterday in New York. So we did make up for the weekend. I don't know if you, have you seen this before, Jason. There's this there's a there's a store on the corner in Dime Square that sells these watermelon slushies. Have you seen these? It's any fresh fruit no. slushy. It comes in like the the things that chefs drink water out of to let you know that they're a chef. It's called it's called a deli, a deli or a deli container. Yeah, so it comes in the big the big one is four cups. It comes in that, and it's a watermelon slushy. But I got a coconut, um, and oh my god, okay. it was hitting. I was fucking refreshed. Are these virgin or do they? Yeah, yeah, they're virgin. No, you can get any fruit slushy. It's a, you can't. Can you give them a little wink and ask them for a little something in there? I mean, maybe you could. It is an Asian-owned business, which is where you see success. So I, it's very possible. What are those called in, in on the East Coast, like in New York and Philly, and the thing? They're called like pop poppers or bro. Poppers is a different thing. Like, That's what Alexander Wang gave you. Not poppers, <laughs> but it, it's like the little tiny plastic juices that you would get like as a little kid. Oh, nutcrackers. Nutcrackers. That's right. Not a pop. Not a nut popper. A what nut are cracker. you? Are you fucking Miro now? This is a, this. You're on the wrong podcast, dog. Yeah, you get the nutcracker. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> That's kind of what I was hoping you were gonna have, where you can order a nice big slushy and then. Put a little fine Bacardi rum in there, or maybe a little uh, Sailor Jerry spiced rum. Ooh. Shout outs to the Sailor Jerry family. We got a lot of families to shout out today, but yeah, so we had those, and then you know, and then um, had a nice outdoor dining experience at the Bowery Hotel with friend of the show David Cho. Love that. I, I think I'm going to be out in New York, and I don't know, a couple weeks, maybe, maybe. Soon. I know. I've already looked into hiring security for you, so I'll let you know what I come back with, bro. I'm good in every block. I'm good in every borough. You're not. You're not good. You're not good out here. No, you sit down at a servo. Somebody might pop you. You never know. I'm. I'm. I'm better <laughs> than you are in New York in terms of being able to swim between all the boroughs. I know a lot of places that your white ass is not as good in because I can. You know, I'm multilingual. I can speak Spanish, Puerto Rican, and Dominican. <laughs> this Franzino does not want to swim to Brooklyn. You can have that. Okay, <laughs> you can hold that. I'm not talking about Brooklyn. I'm not talking about. Brooklyn. You look like the mayor of Brooklyn, <laughs> bitch. You look like she, uh, you should have a little name tag sticker on your on your brand new Noah shirt that says Chris Black uh, Gimlet Media bitch, representative. You Hi, I'm uh, I'm Gowanus Chris. Go on, it's you would, Hi, how you are would, you? What can I do for bro, you? If you? You're the white Andrew Yang. If you had, I was about to say, if you had a, a few more... You're Wang. Andrew if you Wang. Had a few, if you had a few more of those Casamigos and, and Harmless Harvest, you'd be trying to fuck You'd be trying to fuck Andrew Yang, is what I'm trying to say. So you need to calm down. <laughs> I, I see your direction with that line of humor and... yeah. <laughs> That all checks out. Look, man, I'm just... I mean, one couple more of those Casa Nutcrackers, I'd be spitting game to a mannequin. You dig? You smell me? We should probably try to name that drink. You know what I mean? Like We should try to maybe take hold of that because I feel like I've never heard of that before. Not that I'm an expert, but we would obviously share royalties with Trigger Trosé, but I mean, it's a pretty interesting concept. No, I invented this cocktail. He only supplied the Harmless Harvest. Oh, he... He did nothing oh, more than in that case, the good people of Whole Foods. I. This is all... 
This is all in my mental. Oh, bro. well, in that case. This is unique IP to TJ. In that case. TJ IP. I own 50% of anything you do, so we own this together. And let me let me bang. Not You don't do, you don't have, no, you can't yeah. touch spirits. You can't, I, I do <laughs> no, all F&B. You can't is, touch no. spirits. F&B, we are 50 for 50 partners. It's part of your sober journey. Look through the contract. You cannot look, profit look the contract. off of. Let me, part of my journey is that all I do is profit. So do not worry about my journey and my contracts. You know my paperwork is right. You know what I mean? You're, you can't even read a contract. I get paid in liquor. That's the only <laughs> thing that I know that the contract says. Yeah, all right, Jason. I got and you probably you probably switch out the bottles. You probably pour out the Casamigos and fill it up with some fucking Zappo Pan Trader Joe's shit too. Don't I would you? give you because you can't tell a difference. You ain't a super taster. All right, I'm sorry. We we've gone we've gone absolutely bananas. That's not true. Bananas today. So yeah, really quick. So we have a guest, Rory Satran. Is that how it's Rory pronounced? Rory Satran. Yes, Satran? The fashion director of the Wall Street Journal. Another classic member of the media elite at an expensive newspaper. I can't afford it. The, the coolest part about her is that she is the. Um, she is Jacob Gallagher's boss, friend of the show. Friend of the show, Jacob Gallagher. We can have a little fun roasting that, but she uh, she worked at Self Service in Paris. She's done some consulting for Netflix. She's a big reader. Some interested in get chop it up with her. Another a classic how long gone parent guests, which is you know our favorite line of questioning. It's oh. it's been a while. We've only had a bunch of gay guys lately. So finally, some mo- goddamn breeders. You know what I mean? Exactly. Okay, I'm adding this to my notes. Rory, mommy. <laughs> Shout out to all the mommies listening. I know all four of you guys are love. No, actually, there are a lot of mom listeners that I personally. Am we have a mom with. hive, but also quickly before Rory joins us, the the blue hat we've brought it back. It's dropping tomorrow in a limited quantity for all those heads that missed out. That'll be there. Yeah, the navy gone hat. We're we're gonna we're gonna put those up today. I guess that'll be today. And then um, if you did buy a hat last week, those all uh, went out today or yesterday as well. So you should be receiving those this week. I love when I get my shipping notices from TJ Play in my little PayPal account. If you want, you don't have time to run the numbers. I I bought myself lunch with that PayPal. I expensed it. I kept it under fifteen at Mendo. Don't worry, That's fine. I didn't get a drink. Well, I know they did open a new sweet green near you, so that is exciting. Yeah, shout outs to to Toluca Lake, a location of sweet green. <laughs> We're excited to build with you. We'll see you there. Really quick before we get on with Rory, another quick announcement. The um. Our Mud 2.0 coffee will be uh, hitting the shelves digitally. You can purchase it on June 10th. So it's about a week away. And then this Saturday, June 6th in Los Angeles at, uh, at Burger Lords in Highland Park, we will be bringing back the Goner, which is our, uh, our take on the Egg McMuffin, all vegan, and we'll be selling uh, our Mud 2.0 coffee there. So that's Burger Lords, June 6th probably around noon on saturday it'll be the first time in la the first place in la that you can purchase it before it goes on uh, before it goes on sale online so uh, june 10th june 10th online for all you fucking flyover states thank you all right jason i want to talk to you about uh david smith uh he's got a new show opening at hauser and worth in new york at the 22nd street location uh, if you're not familiar with David, uh, he is one of the most influential, innovative artists of the 20th century, mostly known for sculpture. But this guy was doing his best work in the last five years of his life, which is uh, <laughs> kind of what I'm hoping for myself. <laughs> and just to be clear, his best work was done back in the 60s. It's important to note when, when he did pass away. It is away. important to know, but the sculptures are very interesting. They're cool. Show closes April 13th. No one thing. David Smith... Late sculptures at Hauser and Worth 22nd Street Gallery. Seven of the artist's most important sculptures 
from the very final years. These are very important sculptures from his final years, and as much as you want to touch them, they are look, but do not. Mm-hmm. Don't make us look bad uh, is kind of is kind of what we're saying. Don't go in there and start knocking stuff over. <laughs> uh, David Smith uh, is now open at Hauser & Worth in New York at the 22nd Street location, and it closes on... April 13th. Got it. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist-recommended hair growth supplement with over 1 million people seeing thicker, stronger, faster-growing hair with less shedding. Jason, hair thinning impacts a lot of us. Uh, In fact, over half of us will experience hair thinning at some point in our lives. It's not only common. Jason, it's normal. Mm -hmm. So I think it's time to join the over 1 million people who are doing something about it thanks to Nutrafol. Hair thinning is complicated, uh, and the problem is it's actually much bigger than your hair alone. Like your skin, hair is a reflection of your health, Mm. Um, which if that's the case, Jason, then you're in top physical condition. Uh, (laughs) Internal factors can impact the way your hair looks, feels, and grows. Nutrafol's whole body approach multi-targets underlying root causes like stress, hormone fluctuations, and nutrient gaps for visibly Thicker, you know I like them thick, stronger hair. It's all connected, your body. It's all connected. Take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and enter the promo code HOWLONG. Find out why over 4,500 healthcare professionals and stylists recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com, spelled N-U-T. R-A-F-O-L dot com, promo code how long. That's Nutrafol.com, promo code how long. This episode of How Long Gone is brought to you by Booking.com. That is Booking dot, yeah. Booking.com offers so many possibilities across the U.S. Uh, from relaxing beach resorts, which you know I, I love and I'm a big fan of, love to bake in the sun, to remote mountain cabins, We can go up there and work on your kind of acoustic album. Mm. The multitude of choices across the beautiful United States of America on Booking.com allow you to book whoever you want to be. I, Jason, you know me. I'm a different version of myself depending on where I'm traveling and who I'm with. You know, I mean, it's always baseline. Oh, wow. It's baseline, Chris. Diva alert. It's baseline, Chris, but when I'm in Australia, it's different. But in the U.S., if I go to Florida, if I go to Georgia, if I go to California, if I go to Wyoming, you know, I, I'm going to switch up my swag a little bit. Oof, I can only imagine. I, I just recently used Booking.com to take a little uh, post-V-Day trip up into wine country, hmm. and I can't wait to see who I will be when I am there. So book whoever you want to be on Booking.com. Booking dot yeah. Are you like are you on a bed or something? What's going <laughs> yeah, on? Yeah, I, I do my best work, um, my best thinking um in bed. This is where I write, this is where I ideate, this is also where I podcast. He's a real layabout. Yeah, I'm a real layabout. Uh I don't know. You this is the most professional background we've ever had f- uh, from any guest on this podcast. You look like you're about to go on <laughs> you're about to go on CNN live. You know what I mean? This is really nice. This is Yeah, you know that we're not John Oliver, right? <laughs> yeah, just, so yeah. clearly clearly the bookshelf behind you is obviously a green screen <laughs> and you've done a good job curating all the books and the imagery. Looks pretty good. The li- I mean the lighting is too good to be real but one one quick note is it true is it possible there's a little bit of color coded organization on the books can you confirm that or deny that i'm gonna have to go ahead and (laughs) confirm that's a little bit embarrassing but that's kind of the system that my husband and i devised it's really the easiest to find the books 
you know, it's not really an aesthetic thing, although it does look great, doesn't it? I mean, I gotta say, it does look great. It's not a full rainbow. It's not a full rainbow. It looks like it has some strategy to it. Yeah, yours is a little more ombre, I would say, than like a hard cut. Which I I do like. It's yeah. It's not a Etsy rainbow. It's not a Pinterest rainbow. It is it is a nice ombre, a literary ombre. Thank you. Yeah. At least it's not the Halstons with the spines facing backward, which is pretty sad because I have no idea how you'd ever find a book. You know, some record collectors, like some nerds that I know, you know, they go full genre alphabetical order. You know, you can get really deep into this, but I, I appreciate that yours is yours is more more simple, and it's about function for you. Yeah, no, that's actually kind of my dream is to have it alphabetized or by theme or something, but it sounds kind of harder work than just putting them by color. Putting them by color is like dodo easy. Let me suggest easy. something to you. I don't know if, you, if you're – I'm a big user of the um, TaskRabbit franchise, and let me tell you something. You could probably get somebody to organize those books for you for $60 U.S. <laughs> Chris, Chris, I don't need a task rabbit. I have a husband. Wow, damn, oh. damn, I damn. That's funny. You know, Jason, that's funny you say that because damn. Jason, I'm a hire everyone to do everything kind of person because I don't really have any of those kind of classical classically manly skills. Um Jason on the other hand is, you know, he'll put up siding. He's really handy. So is your is your husband quite handy or can he just organize books? He can just organize books. He's an art director, so that's the extent of it. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's worthless. I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, I'm sorry to hear that because that's, yeah, that's, that's tough. <laughs> so, yeah, Chris is more of the art director in our relationship, and I'm more of the art handler in the relationship. <laughs> he, he tells me where to hang it, and I, I have to get out my Ryobi and start drilling. <laughs> What's the most ambitious project you've done, Jason? Great question. Rory. <laughs> God damn it, Rory. That's good. Uh, over over quarantine, I uh, I painted the exterior of my home. Wow. Yeah, you like that? For listeners at home, she's speechless. I want to use like the Zoom reactions and do the little celebration. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. <laughs> do it. Uh, for listeners at home, there is a uh, there's a small celebratory emoji at the top left-hand corner signifying how impressed she is by my uh, my handiwork and chris has no emoji i don't going no on i don't him. i mean i just but i got it from my, my father is not handy he's an accountant he's a numbers cat we just i just didn't grow up with that like i can't do anything and i, I don't really i've come to terms with that you know what i mean i come to terms with that and plus when you look at me you don't expect me to be able to do anything anyway so it's it's fine i'm, I'm not disappointing anyone yeah, girls like Chris, the only thing you expect them to know how to do is swipe that MX. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, uh, Rory, are you? You're in New York, right? Um, I am in New York State. Yes. New York State. Why are you being coy with us? Are you? Did you migrate upstate, or have you always lived there? Long Island. Where are you at? We're in Long Island. Yes, Shelter Island. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, excuse me. Can only get there by boat, Jason. I don't know if you knew that. I don't know if you understood that, Jason. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. How big is your boat? <laughs> <laughs> there are two ferries that access the island. So there's North Ferry and South Ferry. North Ferry goes from Greenport. South Ferry goes from Sag Harbor. I visited Shelter Island. It is, it's incredible. Like, I really like it. Like, I, I, I'm not a big Hamptons cat. It's a little too much for me, but Shelter Island was really my speed. Really? What did you like about it? Yeah, I feel like you would be a Hamptons guy. Don't, wouldn't you agree, Rory? Totes, 
yeah, I pegged you as a Hamptons guy. First of all, first of all, I'll take that as a compliment because it's we just met. Um, but no, I um, I've only been to Amagansett off season, which I quite like. I just think the summer it's just it's just sounds like a shit show. I, I just doesn't I don't know it doesn't really appeal to me. Shelter Island, I went there. We stayed in this incredible house. We went clam digging you know i had some great meal it was just it was much more mellow i didn't hit so what's the play what's the club sunset beach is that the is that the hotel that's like a club yeah you know it's funny because sunset beach is about five blocks from my house and it has been closed since summer 2019 i'm sorry it's been kind of nice because <laughs> are you okay <laughs> <laughs> It's been a hard pandemic. A lot of us have been going through stuff this year. Yeah. You're no stranger to that as well. Some of us lost people in our lives. You did lose your local club, so I Chris, understand. Don't. I- <laughs> don't, 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 don't do that. Don't do that. Uh, I think I'm, I'm sure they were able to secure a very nice PPP loan or something like that to keep them afloat. Well, you know, they just came back. So they've been testing the music. They're getting ready for the guys that come in the yacht. It's an Andre Bolaz. Uh, joint, you know, so it's, yes. you know, honestly, was that a Spike Jones reference right there, by the way? I don't know why I said joint. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a swinging little Balaz joint. They're starting to pump some of that. What kind of music do they play over there? Is it like rap music? Is it EDM? Or is it more of like a Billy Joel kind of situation, maybe on, a, on an off night? What do you call EDM that's European? Is that Euro DM? Euro EDM? That's EEDM. <laughs> they definitely play EEDM. Great question. No one's ever asked him that before, and I appreciate that because that's something people need to know. No, nobody has. Okay, so, so it's EDM, but it has a particular European flavor to it. Right. So to be honest, if you live... It has the stink of Greece on it. The stink. The country, not, not the fat. Both, you know, both. <laughs> it's both slimy and Grecian. If, if you live near someplace like Sunset Beach, though, you don't go there. You know, you don't go there for dinner. It's mm-hmm, like sure. it used to be open for breakfast, which was great because you could, you know, go for a casual breakfast with the family, you know, but... If you live near it, it's not the kind of place. Do you guys live near like a hot spot? I don't know. Where do you live? Where do you live? Yeah, I live by the Americana in Glendale. It's pretty jumping. <laughs> the the Cheesecake Factory, you want to get a table? Good fucking luck. <laughs> yeah, he lives. Jason lives in suburban Glendale, which is eerily quiet to the point of, of it scares me a little bit. I live in the heart of the East Village where everything is a club. Uh, especially on the weekends, maybe a book club. I love my, I love my apartment, but I, I really hate loud music. Like, really hate loud music. And unfortunately, sometimes I don't have a choice as to the volume of the music that is wafting through my fourth floor window. Only in New York, baby. Only in, only in New York, baby. So there is. Sometimes I hear the hummingbird outside of my window, and it can be a little pestering, but I, I persist. But then in L.A., because I, I also live in L.A., it's 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 not even that quiet there because I chose wrong. But hopefully in the near future, I will find solace and be able to be calm and alone with my thoughts. Um, it, it's it's um it's not going to happen for me here. That's for sure. It's very loud. Do you go to the are you on the ocean? Like, are you on the water on the bay? It's a bay, right? No, 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 not on the water. But, you know, walkable, walkable to the water. Get nice to take a little jog down to the beach. Take a little swim. Rory living the damn dream, Jason. She works for a fucking newspaper, a reputable publication. 
She lives by the water. You got a kid. I haven't seen your kid, but I bet the kid is cute. You know what I mean? Your husband is an art director, so he's probably hot. I mean, it just sounds like it's going, it sounds like you're doing really well for yourself. Yeah. What's the catch, Rory? <laughs> I love the PR. Yeah. What's, I got to find. I love the PR that you're doing for me right now. It's so good. It's so good. And I've never done like a fun podcast. I've only done like kind of like, like news podcast, but this is. Oh, I don't think the Wall Street Journal podcasts are that bad, Rory. Oh, no. <laughs> what podcasts have you done and and if you say you know because i don't want to boast but i have been on npr's marketplace um so i just you know just put just to put that out there just put it out there wow what were you talking about uh i had a book come out in 2015 that was like a funny advice book and i went on marketplace and the host absolutely destroyed me and was basically like that wh- why do you think you can write something like this and, and i'm like because it's a joke and they didn't think that was funny mm-hmm. um but luckily the producer and editor was an acquaintance so it was cleaned up in post and i was made to sound better better than i am but yeah what what podcast have you been a guest on wall street journal what news <laughs> <laughs> okay okay why are you laughing why are you laughing that's because <laughs> you started laughing first <laughs> Yeah, you laugh first. Don't blame this on me. I'm just, I I would never, I would never laugh. I would never laugh. But I mean, I think that the, are podcasts a uh, a priority at the Wall Street Journal now? Is that something you guys are like leaning into? Because it's a a, a burgeoning medium. I think they're definitely making a push for it. Yeah, it's just, you know, Wall Street Journal, everything is super fact-checked. Everything is very rigorously reported. So I think squaring that with... Yeah, good luck. (laughs) The loose style that works better with podcasts. It's tricky, right? You know, we ain't win any Peabody's for this little thing we do, but we also, we don't fact check. So we actively lie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Our approach is a little different. It's more of a game for the listener to decide what's true and what's not true. They know it's not all true. Do you think that you've ever said anything that's wrong that you've regretted? Like just kind of came off of something off the cuff that's like fully wrong. Rory, every day, every day of my fucking life, I just talk. I don't listen to what I'm saying. I don't think about it that hard. It just comes out. Luckily, Jason does edit this show. So if if I say anything that could truly ruin my life, it will get removed. Every episode, we'll always say something where at the time it may have been funny and you listen back with a fresh set of ears you know, third party, and you're like, it's never like a terrible thing, but just like sometimes you're beating a dead horse. Sometimes a joke that you intend to go one way ends up sounding another way. And luckily, you know, luckily we edit it all up and, you know, keep our noses clean. But I'm very racist. You understand? Have have you ever had a guest call you afterward and say, hey, I said something that I think could get me canceled. Can you erase it? Um, it's, it's usually not canceled. It's more so like I wasn't supposed to mention something like I have a, my, my book is coming out on June 1st and actually we haven't announced it yet. So we, you know, can you pull that out or like, yeah, I got in a fight with that guy. Can you take out where I called him fat or something, you know, little things like that, but not, it's not like career ending <laughs> yeah, cancellation just- stuff, unfortunately. Because then it would be a ransom situation. Yeah, unfortunately, we're not a gotcha podcast um, where we're able to break celebrity news or gossip. But yeah, we've gotten some. But no one. I mean, I think that people get pretty open, but they still realize, especially if you don't do this all the time, you're still kind of like thinking about what you're saying. I think when you do it, I mean, we record the show three times a week, so Jason and I are just like talking. I don't think about it anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, we just do it, and like that's what it is. So. 
I think the guest is usually a little more on their P's and Q's than we ever would be at this stage in in the process. You know what I and, mean? And we rate that guest on a scale known as down to clown. <laughs> yes. And you could rate yourself anywhere on that spectrum. Obviously, the more one is down to clown, the better the podcast will usually end up. And you're looking pretty good so far. I'd say you're, you know, five and a half, six out of ten right now. For a woman of your stature and professional level, that's good. Yeah, yeah, you're doing very well. Five and a half, Jason? Jason, five and a half is like, if I were in high school and someone ranked my looks a five and a half out of ten, I I wouldn't have come into school. We're not talking about looks. I didn't ask about, but I mean, a five and a half is low in my head. Oh, no, no, It's no. okay. It's okay. We can reevaluate. We can reevaluate. We will. We have room to grow because I checked in with mutual friend and, and your underling, Jacob Gallagher, and I was like, yo, is, is Rory down to clown? He said, you'll love her. She's down to clown. I said, that's all I need to hear. Mm-hmm. That's all I need to hear. So that that's our booking strategy is, do I know you? Does someone I know know you? Are you down to clown? Those are the thir- those are the three. Do you know how to talk? Do you take yourself seriously? <laughs> Do you have strong Wi-Fi? The only criteria we have for this show. And also, are you famous, verified, or uh, can we get something from you in the future? Of course. There's always that. Yeah, there's always that. That goes without saying. Jacob told me that you asked what my interests were and that Jacob responded that I like to read. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it's he did say that, and you've not only... You, you have absolutely solidified that with your background, so there's no question. I knew that was... Your physical background, not your racial background. The glasses also gave it away. I can't really talk because yeah. I'm also wearing a statement glass, and I am a... I'm, Jason can barely read. I'm more a little, more proficient than he is. Yeah, your round spectacles really uh, lead me to the water that you, you know how to flip a page. You know what I'm saying? They drive home the point. They punctuate. They punctuate the point. Although, ironically, I don't wear these to read. I, I wear these to see far away what brand are what brand are those if you don't mind me asking from one spectacle wearer to another i don't mind you asking no these are kala k-a-l-a which is a made in california brand they're really nice i have some i have some kala glasses that are not prescription but they're uh they're blue blocking frames that i wear when i'm cranking those long hours on the macbook pro these really suit you jason thank you did you get yours for free as well she can't accept gifts jason yet no gifts <laughs> whatsoever um, you can't accept <laughs> gifts because you're a member of the media elite please don't send me anything i do want one of your cool water bottles but i will buy it from you hit me with the, the venmo yeah i like that because you know what we need the we need the money more than you so thank you for thank you for saying that it's it's very interesting the policy and, and i think that when i explain it to like clients i work with and stuff like people people that don't work in the media or fashion like really don't realize that that like you know wall street journal new york times like those that you can't accept gifts and it's like very strict and there's like a policy with it and it, of course it makes sense but as you know the fashion world the, the way it goes around is free shit <laughs> whether it's free clothes free trips free dinners whatever it is mm-hmm. that's how it greases the wheels do you think that really helps you stay impartial do you think it's like crucial to like real journalism that 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 those policies stay in place totally i think it's such a good role and i have a i have like a boilerplate response that i send so it's like all done in the google responses because i get you know probably 20 requests a day for can we send you this can we send you that and i just go off send back the boilerplate dear no we're not allowed to accept gifts due to our ethics policy blah blah and you know what it makes you buy better 
shit because oh interesting yeah when i see someone who accepts tons of gifts now on instagram you can tell right away because head to toe they're wearing you know the gifted gucci thing the gifted this the the gifted that and you're not buying what you actually like so it kind of is i feel it i feel attacked i feel attacked unfortunately gucci (laughs) did not come through this season um jason's more of a coach girl weirdly i paid for my burberry folding chair okay I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Full retail. Full retail. But I do think it I do think it really does. I mean, I do think it matters and I think it makes at least I read it differently, but it's it's but you saying that you get that many that many requests, it's like people don't know that at this point. It's crazy. Like if you work in the business, it's crazy to me that you don't realize by now that that is But what's the difference between us our business and and Rory's business? If we're both, you know, technically media, uh, hers is promoting her, things. Hers is a newspaper, it's real. Ours is fake where there's no no one can hold us to any standard. Well, there's a well, I'm I'm not talking about us specifically, but maybe more so a podcast. Like there are podcasts out there that have more listenership than the wall street journal has readership or whatever you know mm-hmm. and no no diss to the wall street journal but like why i feel like it's like a a rule that's been created out of thin air no that's been around like what are the actual consequences if that happens has that been around since you start i mean that's been around since you started working in fashion i imagine right definitely yeah i mean i think that the only places that really can accept gifts are the wall street journal um the new york times and i washington post i just you know but um most of the magazines but these these are rules that you guys have instated for yourselves so okay so if you do do that what are the consequences? You you lose credibility. You lose, yeah, you lose the impartiality, and it's considered kind of a quid pro quo. But you know, it's true for fashion journalists at the Wall Street Journal, of which there are not very many. But it's also true for you know um, finance journalists mm-hmm. who also get gifted. So for them, at Christmas time, it's like they're getting caviar, they're getting champagne, and they have to return it all in the same way that we would have to. Oh, that hurts my heart. <laughs> I you know when I got. You know, I got a gift of caviar this holiday season, actually, and I'm not even a big caviar guy, if I'm being honest with you, but it was, it was a very, it was a nice gift and I would have hated to return it. And luckily I can be bought. So, you know, that did, that did work. That did work as it, as it should, as it should yeah, have. And, it gets and a little every- tricky with perishable gifts, you know, like <laughs> at what point, who is the joke on? If we have to send it back, will the, will the ice packs melt? Exactly. You know, it's, it's better to just consume it. So for us, the rule is if we can consume it in one sitting, then we can keep it. Um, so people sometimes get like, you know, a giant lump of Parmesan, for example, and they're like, <laughs> so the whole, they get a whole wheel of Parmesan. Right. And then kind of have to weigh, can I eat this in one sitting? Probably not. So then it has to go back. Unless you're doing the pasta pasta, mixing it inside the wedge. I don't know if you're going to be able to get through that in an afternoon. Okay. I understand that. Let me, and if, if you, if you get a, a six foot hoagie, that's not going to work out, but maybe a you know a twelve incher, sure. Yeah, if a if a fashion brand sends a small sandwich, then it should be fine. <laughs> Chanel did send tea sandwiches this year, so thank God for them. Okay. <laughs> um, have you listened to that podcast, Poog? I have. Jacqueline Novak and and Kate Berland's podcast. I, I, I'm a huge Jacqueline Novak fan. I think she's super smart and super funny. And um, it's like a wellness podcast, but it's kind of a satire of a wellness podcast. And um, 
they say like I think in the intro that it's about their naked desire for free stuff like they want to get gifted the beauty stuff how long gone you know i'm not going to say we're we're doing it for that reason but i'm not going to say we're not you know i mean i i don't i feel like jason get gets more than i do because he or, or what do you think jason um i probably get more than he does but that's only because I'm willing to share it on social media, whereas Chris would never do that. So, but he he gets fewer gifts, but they're probably of better quality and <clears throat> stuff that he would actually want. That's right. And I get a lot of horse shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> I get a lot of like, hey, bro, I started this sock company, or like, check out my like candle thing, and <laughs> you know. But uh, will I post it on the stories? Maybe. But not to get on my soapbox, but there's an environmental component to all of this too, which also makes me grateful that we don't accept gifts because when you do get gifts and it's like these giant boxes full of plastic Mm -hmm. wrapping up like one pair of sock, which does make me uncomfortable. Not that I'm an eco warrior. I do break down a lot of cardboard over here in Glendale. That's for sure. I, I burn my garbage though, Rory. Don't worry, Rory. You don't fly private. Then you're you're really a warrior for the earth. I like that. No, but I'm so happy that the Concorde is coming back because I've always wanted to try going on the Concorde. Wait, the Concorde? I didn't know the Concorde is coming. Is it really coming back? Concorde is coming back, baby. Yeah. Chris, you got to read the Wall Street Journal. How long gone exclusive? I I mean, if I can't afford the subscription, Wall Street Journal is three hundred dollars a year, Jason. We're not making that kind of money over here, bro. I have to steal my dad's login, my account. My accountant father's login, you know, he's the only, he's the only access point I have that. So tell me about the Concord coming back. I didn't know this. Jason, do you know any details? I just heard that it was coming back, which I find kind of exciting. Yeah. I mean, I remember being a kid and just reading about the Concord in Vanity Fair magazine and just thinking that was what would happen when I was a magazine editor and I was grown up, I would be taking the Concord back and forth. And I think Tina Brown did do that, right? Yeah. Yes, totally. I mean, I have a um my my friend Russell um who's British, he used to work uh for the Economist and he took it all the time and just would tell me the best stories cuz I'm a big Wolfgang Tillmans fan. There's that he's got that book Concord, there's just pictures of the Concord uh in the sky and it's just fa- it's fascinating to me the whole thing. I would I would pay a lot of money to take it just to have the experience. At the, at I think point, you're going to have to pay a lot of money. It looks like um it's supposed to launch in 2022. The inaugural flight will be Dubai to London. It looks like a lot of the routes are are in and out of Dubai. Uh there is a JFK to Dubai and uh and Heathrow as well. It's going to be exciting, guys. I think you could probably arrange like a sort of podcast exchange. Like you record a podcast on the Concord going from Dubai to L.A. or something. From your mouth to God's ears, Rory. Do you need a CMO? <laughs> yeah, the Concord marketing budgets is like, we need one more thing. What could it be to push us over the line? Podcasting. These guys, they have this podcast. None of their listeners could afford the flight, but that, that that's not true. We could start them now. One of the three owners of Sweet Green is a big fan. He can afford it, and that's kind of about it. <laughs> that's that's it. We're limited. Have you been to Dubai before, Rory? Because I'm interested in, in touching down over there and kicking my feet in the sand. No, no. Although um, I know that you wanted to ask me questions about Emily and Paris and it just so happens that I know that Emily in Paris is very big in Dubai and the Middle East. That's one of the biggest geographical regions for the show. Really? Really? Well, I mean, I, I, do you know what the correlation for that is? Can you hypothesize? American fantasy. Totally, Chris. And I think fashion and also travel. 
Paris. I'm just saying words, but I think. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there's, well, there's many, many shows that are America fashion travel. Why Emily in Paris specifically and Dubai specifically is what I want to know. This is something I learned about like the OC and those kind of shows being so popular in in the UK is because that is what they Mm -hmm. think America is. Right, like they think like Southern California is the most is the most like pure American experience, and that is why they like and they're right. fantasize that and hold Marissa Cooper t- in a different way than we do. Um, maybe it's a situation like that where like for Dubai it combines America and France, and that's like a sweet spot for them. Makes sense to Two me. Two birds, one scone. I'm talking it out here, guys. No, that's good. It makes a yeah. whole lot of sense. One scone? Did you say what? Did you say one scone? Two birds, one scone. I should say that one's free, Rory. Let's talk about Emily in Paris because season two is coming soon. Friend of the show, former guest Jeremy O'Harris is guest starring, which is exciting. So I'm one step closer to my guest starring role. But what do you think is going to happen? No, no, you don't have to drop any tea. But if you have any, if you have any like hypotheses of where she's going to go, you know what I mean? Is the hot blonde girlfriend coming back is the first thing I would like to ask. Of course, you know, uh, any anything you can share. I'm of course curious where the Asian nanny is going to go, you know what I mean? So we have a lot of unanswered questions for you, Roy. Uh, Mindy, yes, she's a fan favorite. Um, Jeremy Harris, I mean, I'm so glad that that was announced that he's going to be on the show because that I'm particularly excited about. He's just, he's awesome. He's like an amazing playwright, but now becoming also this kind of cultural icon in such a cool way. I feel like he like willed it into existence. Like he talked about it enough and then it just happened. So I guess I, I'm taking a note from his playbook is what I'm saying. And I'm going to make it on TV in three to five years. Or is he <laughs> taking a note from our playbook, Chris? Because that's sort of what we do. We bully people into coming on our show. That's a good point. That, that's a good point. But I think that bringing people... Or we make fun of brands until they send us products. <laughs> Jeremy is stealing our shit. Exactly. Once again, no, but I think if Jeremy, I think if, um, I think the idea of including like real people, the way that kind of Gossip Girl is doing as well, like real people with like followings that fit into the show is a really interesting, like, do you think that's something that other shows are going to incorporate? Like, do you think that's important in our like Instagram generation? Yeah. I mean, I think with Jeremy O'Hurst, it was like this kind of magical thinking, right? Like he, I don't know if you guys read that really funny thing that he did with the stylist Mel Ottenberg in Interview Magazine where they watched Emily in Paris mm-hmm. yeah, it was amazing. and then they had a little conversation It went online and it was just hilarious, right? And they talked about Darren Starr, the creator, and they said, Darren Starr is that bitch. He's always been that bitch way before uh, <laughs> Ryan Murphy. He was Darren facts, Starr like, turning facts. out these hits. And we talked about that article in the writer's group, you know, it was like, and everyone thought it was funny. So I think that way that pop culture can like kind of become very meta and start talking about itself to me is, yeah, super interesting, super funny. Gossip Girl is great at that too, at having cool cameos. Have you seen the first episode? I've heard there's DVDs floating around. I haven't. No, I'm kind of curious. Tavi's in it, right? Yeah, Tavi, another former guest, Tavi is in it, which I think is is great. Evan Mock, the pink-haired skateboarder, is also in it. We got to get Evan on the pod next. I'll sort it out, don't worry. Yeah, we can get Evan on the pod, but I think that like those, but it's also like my our friend Sam Hine like did us like went out with them to like interview them and he was like, yeah, this guy's got one of the guys like has 5 million followers on Instagram. You know, it's like they really are like at that. They got some real people, right? You know, some real regular old models who have millions of followers. These guys, but just think about being, think about being 22, 23, you got 5 million followers on Instagram, you're about to be on TV. 
that is that's as good as life is going to get. You're peaking, mm-hmm. hot, drunk, rich, stumbling through the East Village. I mean, I'm I'm jealous. I don't know. I don't know about you guys, but that sounds well. None of 23 year olds aren't doing that anymore. They are they are not drunk and stumbling. They are longboard skateboarding with a green juice through the village. <laughs> that's a good point. That is that's sad, but maybe I mean I think that but that show. I mean I feel like we've been hearing about it for two years, and now it's finally coming out. It's always a good sign. Yeah. Did you guys watch the original Gossip Girl? Does a dog have fleas, Rory? <laughs> <laughs> I Jason watched it. Jason watched it during quarantine, didn't you, Jason? I did watch it during quarantine. Yeah, I, I had never. I had obviously seen it a couple a couple episodes here and there. My my girlfriend obviously grew up watching it and and loved it, so we rewatched it, and it was so bad and so good all at the same time. Everything about it was awful, and we couldn't stop watching it. But then, as the show progressed, you know, the seasons, it just started getting worse and worse. So we kind of let it fizzle out. But I still want to have the Prada Marfa sign in my living room, uh, just like that show. You can buy it online <laughs> at various retailers. I've I've looked into it. So did you have any experience in a writer's room before or did you or was this a totally new experience for you? Yeah, what what exactly is your role on Emily in Paris by the way? Just so our listeners at home or uh, what what exactly do you do on the old EIP? Creative consultant to the writer's room, which sounds imaginary and too good to be true and Honestly, it kind of was. I was like just kind of airlifted into the writer's room, which was done by Zoom. Um, so I've only ever met the other writers by Zoom, not in person, which was crazy, right? Like at the beginning, we went around and said how tall we were just to kind of like situate each other. <laughs> <laughs> That's really well. Just just quickly, then um, I'm six four. Jason, go ahead. Six nine. Just want to let you know you're with two tall fellas, two tall drinks of water right now. You know that means good at writing. Good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm blushing. Um, but yeah, I'm only five six, and um, yeah. So I've basically consulted on like all the French stuff because I lived in Paris for eight years, and I worked for a magazine there and a creative agency. So kind of had like a similar experience to the fictional Emily. And you know, also there's like in Darren Star shows, there's a lot of wordplay, there are a lot of puns. So kind of like integrating that with the French language is important. And I think in the past for season one they had a French person in the writer's room consulting on that stuff. But um this time it was kind of just me. So yeah, French language, different places, like places around Paris that might be interesting for them to go to. Like I would, you know, make decks with different locations that were cool, places that Emily and the other characters might go. What a great job. Dream job. Dream job. Yeah, that's incredible. I'm glad to know that exists. I mean, I know that exists, but usually it's like you know, they hire a cop for a cop show. You, you know what I mean? It's not it's not quite as uh as creative or interesting, but that's Or they hire a DJ for a DJ movie. I forgot. Jason loves to tell the story, Rory, but Jason did teach Zach Efron how to DJ for We Are Your Friends. I don't know if you remember that film. No way. But I was also a creative consultant for, you know, doing similar things like like, hey, we're gonna do this club scene. Like, what club should it be at? What are the other people that are playing? Like what kind of shirt would he be wearing you know stuff like that so it's very similar to your job and probably a very similar pay scale (laughs) (laughs) and were you pleased with the outcome like when you watched the movie were you like oh yeah that's some cool dj stuff no not really (laughs) (laughs) you know how warner brothers is they'll chew it up and spit it out hollywood's a tough town (laughs) yeah 
a dreamy job to be a consultant, you know, it's, it's, it really is. you don't have any kind of deliverable. So like the other writers, I think would sometimes get stressed out because their, their draft was due and this and that, but I didn't have any of that. I just got to kind of turn on my zoom and chat. I mean, I make it sound a little easy. It was also very stressful because I have a full-time job at a newspaper too. So like the day for, you know, from January to May, when I was in the writer's room, my days were wild right because i would start super early at the newspaper and it would be like 8 a.m to 12 30 at the newspaper and then i forced myself to take a half hour break and during my half hour break i would print out the writer's room notes from the day before and like eat something drink something kind of like change my vibe like light a candle or something and then turn on the writer's room and do that until seven so you know i have a five-year-old i was you know and you have a, a lot and you have a child and a and a hot handy husband to keep keep tabs on Damn. how does a gal do it yeah that's a lot it was a lot but you know it was temporary so i think it's that kind of thing where you know that you can do anything for x amount of time it's not it wasn't ever going to be it's, a, it's also probably easier when it's like something fun that you're excited to do it's like oh i'm hired as a person who's like knows about a bunch of cool stuff and recall and is able to recall it quickly so they're like how are we going to attach this B storyline plot to blah, blah, blah. And they're like, Hey, what's a cool store. That was exactly how it was. It was fun. <laughs> it was, it was funny. And you know, the newspaper is a great place to work, but it's very serious. So then to just turn on zoom and have these people who are comics, who are hilarious, who are so, like so supportive and so nice. It was, it was fun, especially, you know, cause it started in January, 2021. Those are like kind of the, dark days of the pandemic we weren't yes, seeing that yeah. many people i felt like i had like new friends i don't know if they feel the same way about me so you lit the candle you poured yourself a skinny girl marg and you're like hey girlies what are what are we talking about today my best friend bitches are we being inclusive af i think i think that the I mean, I obviously devoured the show. That's really right up my street. But I mean, I think that the the fashion aspect of it is really interesting because people lost their fucking minds. Like people really wanted to debate this and debate that. And I think that is truly, whether that was the goal or not, I think that's the best possible outcome, you know, because it's like if everybody loved it or everybody hated it, there's no discourse there. Whereas like that really passionate I haven't seen a show that seemed so easy and enjoyable to watch create that that much chit chit chat maybe ever uh, honestly like no, I, like that was like so divisive like I I don't I loved it a lot of people hated it I, I think that's like a better success almost than like global you know adoration I yeah I totally agree it was it was funny actually in my interview to. For the show with Darren Starr, he um, asked me, you know, what I thought of the show, blah, blah. And I had a whole list of comments about all the costumes, right? Like, I, I thought I was kind of going yeah. to be consulting on the costume. So I had like, well, this and this, and this I don't know, maybe not the HBA windbreaker and this and that. Didn't love the belt from episode three. <laughs> yeah, he's like, you won't you won't be consulting on the fashion. You know, we have Pat Field. She's a iconic um, <laughs> costume designer. You won't really have any input in that department. <laughs> we're all Thank set. You. We're all set on that. We're all set on that. Thank you for your feedback, but we're all we're all set. That's actually really funny. That's very funny. And you're like, yo, yeah, Pat's cool too. Totally awesome. Can't wait to work with her. I cannot wait to meet Pat. Let me know when the Zoom is. Love to talk to her. That'd be great. Totally uh, get why you went with that direction. 
<laughs> no, if I designed the costumes for Emily in Paris, it would be all like navy blue shirts and like black pleats, please pants, maybe like a, a dark denim. It would be so boring. There's nothing wrong with pleats, please. You need the pat splash to really make that happen. Make it realistic. I understand. You worked at self-service, right? I did. Legendary title. Who was the Who was the editor when you were there? So when I was there, um, it was and still is Ezra Petronio, who founded it with his wife, Suzanne Kohler. I was wondering if he was still the editor for some reason. I, I, I thought that might have changed. But he's I mean, because that's been, what, 25 years? Yep. It's been about that time. Yeah. He... Um, what? He founded it with um, his wife at the time, Suzanne Collar, who's now the fashion director at M. Lamond um, and a stylist. Uh-huh. Um, they did everything at the beginning. It was like, you know, they did it all on a shoestring. So they were both actually trained as art directors. So they laid it out by themselves. They also worked with Patrick Lee, who's now the creative director of P Magazine. He was like, they were a trio, basically. Yeah. Yeah. I worked there for four years. I was the managing editor. Well, you know, but managing editor, it's like, there were no real titles because there were six of us, right? So we all kind of did everything. That's amazing. I mean, that's like a pretty interesting crash course, I feel like. Do you find the uh, French approach, was it very different than like making magazines in America? Or was it, did it feel more glamorous? Did it feel different? Was the work ethic different? Like what? Was the ventilation different for all the indoor smoking? You know, walk us through it. Yeah. How many cigs, how many cigs were you smoking a day at your desk? You can be honest. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, Hermes Astra, huh? It's funny. I don't think of it as a, <laughs> even though it was in Paris, I don't totally think of it as a French place because Ezra is American, although he's lived in France his whole life. Suzanne is Austrian, um, although she's lived in Paris for a long time. My, uh, the art directors of the magazine at the time, Pierre Consorti and Zachary Ullman are American, but lived in Paris. So it was very international feeling. We did all smoke cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> And I've since quit using the Allen Carr easy way to quit smoking, which I recommend if anyone needs to free themselves of the noxious weed. What was your brand before you put it down? Uh, Camel Lights. It like, see, it, it gives me it. Wow. It makes me gag even saying that because I did Allen Carr. Wait a second, Rory. Wait a second, Rory. Wait a second, Rory. Where are you from? So I moved around a lot, but um, I usually say Northern California. Oh, okay. So the camel lights are a surprise. I was hoping you were going to say like, oh, West Virginia. Be like, okay, all right. The camel lights track. <laughs> are, are they a trashy cigarette? Is that their reputation? They're, they're no Galois. I'll say that. Yeah, I would take you for a Marlboro light chick, but you know, camels, you know, whatever. You were feeling crazy. <laughs> um. Yeah. I mean, smoking indoors, smoking at work, it's also gross. You know, it's also disgusting. Some say gross, some say chic. It just depends on what decade you're in. Yeah, I think it's it's you can romanticize anything that you weren't a part of. You know what I mean? Totally. Yeah. Yeah, in certain decades you'd be fired if you didn't smoke. It's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, in order to stop doing something, right? Like in order to stop smoking, I really had to start thinking that it was the most disgusting thing in the world, but at the time, of course, I thought it was super cool we were like on these shoots all smoking together and like the shoots would turn into like night shoots and it was a time of you know kind of yeah glamour but like also sort of sex is okay it's okay come on we all we smoke we fuck it's just the french way you know what they mean yeah i know i think the who was who was shooting a lot at that time? Was this like Testino era? Um, so we did a lot with Jurgen Teller, a lot with Inez and Vinude, a lot with Matt and Marcus. Uh, Testino did a few things. Actually, the first 
issue I worked on was the all Chloe Sevigny issue. Oh, I feel like I paid two hundred. I feel like I paid two hundred dollars for that on eBay. So I'm, I'm glad. I hope you have one in your collection. Of course, of course. He also paid two hundred dollars for a lock of her hair on eBay, but that's a different podcast. No, I paid two. No, I, I, ha, I do have that. All, all jokes aside, Rory, and I also. I also have the French Vogue edited by Sofia Coppola. Those are my two, you know, those are, I paid too much for that as well, but you know, what are you going to do? It's his Honus Wagner. I can't die with this money. The French Vogue edited by Sofia Coppola is such a grail, Chris. That is like the most beautiful magazine issue ever made, I think. Wow. I need to check this out. You said Vogue? I'll, <laughs> I'll let you look through it if you bring your uh your peep your your glove your covid gloves i'll bring my gloves of course of course <laughs> yeah i'll bring my gloves. i mean i think i mean jürgen jürgen might be my favorite of all time those times seem a lot looser and probably just more fun to be doing that job than it would be now you know what i mean as far as like what you're able to do and, and what you're not like i also feel like you're not tethered to brands in the same way that we are now i think that's absolutely true yeah i mean when so i showed up on like day one they were like you know we're producing this all chloe 70 issue and we know the shoot dates they're happening here and here and here um but you have to kind of make everything happen from a to z so it was like producing everything working with the stylist blah blah and at the time you know terry richardson was pretty big he did a big shoot with kemi beto waddington and chloe um, I actually love those pictures. They shot at her East Village apartment. Oh, that's a legendary. I mean, that's like some, that's like heavy hitters only, you know, especially at that time. Yeah, it was cool. And, you know, speaking of, as you say, down to clown, like Chloe's just a really cool person. She's really funny. She has a great laugh. She's pretty casual. Um, and she also knows what she wants. We had a shoot with Roger Decker, who's not really in style so much anymore. Uh, and he was shooting in England and Chloe showed up for the shoot wearing her own clothes, right? She was wearing like her own like hat and, you know, sweatpants or whatever, just straight off the Model plane. Zone. Yeah. And they shot her just like that. And she looked so cool. It was so much better than all the style looks. I'm, I'm getting misty just thinking about all the beautiful photos that I've paid too much money for in these books and magazines of an era that I just missed by merely years, you know, just a few years. I think now celebrities won't be interviewed by anyone. They want it to be their friend or their fucking you know co-worker interviewing them i i just think that that kind of freedom is just gone i think everybody's just too paranoid and it has to be very buttoned up a brand has to be attached it has to be a very different thing and that doesn't mean that we don't get beautiful stuff of course we do from you know pretty often but i do think the attitude in general has just shifted quite a lot totally yeah are there any print magazines that you still look forward to reading in LA, you can't get magazines. They're like six months late. I would say Fantastic Man used to be my favorite. They ruined it with like this bad redesign and it's like themed now, which is very upsetting. I hate themed magazines. <laughs> like make a monthly magazine that's really great. I don't need it to be the travel issue or the money. I just, I hate it. Um, wow. Gentlewoman is still beautiful. Apart, our part you opened up a can of worms here, Rory. Yeah, you did. <laughs> Uh, Apartamento is, is, Apartamento is really good. System is probably my favorite just cause I think that like the way they approach those interviews and like how long form they are plus like 46 pages of, of Mark Jacobs vaping by Jurgen Teller shot on a cell phone is really right up my street. But it's, you know, this, it, how long can these magazines last? You know what I mean? It's like more or less is a great magazine. You put out one issue a year, two issues a year. I mean, you can't, it can't be your full-time job. You know, you have to have a studio, you have to do ads, you have to do like skirt Chronicles is amazing. Like they do a really good job. Like that's a plus 
uh the new mat that ohm girls is really good like independent but like i I just don't know how long these things can survive it's only a matter of time until podcasts usurp magazines entirely yeah exactly we're coming for the crown i teach in at sba in the masters in fashion photography program and my students only look at you know photography on instagram so when a new shoot comes out they just see it on instagram but they're not necessarily going out and buying magazines the way we would at mcnally jackson or casa or wherever there are still magazine diehards but but not in the same way me i know your ass used to pull up to mulberry iconic with the green mx being like i need all this shit this is gonna be 400 you put that on the company baby that's a lot that's that's what new york used to be like jason you know what i mean you'd see You'd see the 22-year-old assistant in heels at the magazine store with Starbucks spending like $500 on magazines for her boss. Mm. A bygone era. It really is. But I think that teaching that class, I mean, kids, I, I, I know what you mean. I think they're still interested in it, but they don't realize the, the difference maybe. Or, or maybe they don't need to realize the difference, like, you know, versus seeing it in print versus seeing it online. Maybe I it's, mean, they, they stream all their music, stream all their movies. They don't buy physical versions of any art whatsoever because it's all on your phone for free or $9 a month. Why would you buy a $48 magazine, you know? Yeah. If not, just to jack off to it in the privacy of your own home because you prefer the print media and it's a smell <laughs> thing. But otherwise, I don't really see any reason to. Don't, Jason, don't get me started on the smell of fresh ink. I could go on for another hour. I know, brother. I know. I'm sorry I opened that can of worms, but um, I was so interested in Chris's answers. You have lovely taste in magazines. Well, it's rare to get to talk about it, to be honest, because I think that it's like I have a handful of friends who are like nuts about it, too. Um so we talk about it and we're on eBay and, you know, we're doing this and we're doing that. But like, you know, I found that like the, the guys who founded index, which was like my favorite magazine growing up, like dropped off all the back issues at karma, the, which is down the street. So my friend told me I run down there and get the ones to complete my collection, you know, but it's like, what is the point? I wish I could tell you, Rory. You know, I wish I could tell you. I don't know what the point is. I don't know. This is my legacy, I guess. You know, this is what I will leave to the to the library of the college I didn't go to. But I'm glad I'm glad to know that someone like you is teaching these kids about it. it it's nice that that is at least continuing in that in that way. I wish more of them would kind of look at certain but like such as the index book, which is really good and compile so much of that magazine. But uh, yeah. when you get everything off of Instagram, then you are kind of missing out on something. Like I, I, I give a questionnaire at the beginning of every class and just to get to know them a little better and say like, how would you describe your work and this and that? And I say, which photographers do you most admire? Who would be your dream guest for this class? And like to every single one of them says, Carly Weir, Jamie Hawksworth, because there's a certain type. Really? Yeah. There's a certain type of photography that looks good on instagram and that's like it looks great that's saturated those beautiful i mean those colors are beautiful those i mean not that harley weir and jamie hawksworth are incredible it's just like that's so current that's like so current you know what i mean they're not talking about like william eggleston like it's like they're like right now like they want tyler mitchell to come speak at school yeah actually tyler did speak at class last semester and that was really cool and they love that he just popped in like a cameo but i think it is about like the color saturation and the way the pictures look in that little square and yeah I don't know, but I don't want to be like, oh, everything's gone downhill because I don't think that's true either. I think there's a lot of really cool stuff happening. Oh, no, I think it's just different. 
Oh, no, I think there's great stuff happening. It's just different. You know, and that's how, I mean, that's how it always is, right? Like, we'll always long for that. And, like, you know, that's that's just how generations shift and change. And that's how it always will be. But I think that um, it, it, it's been democratized to the point where I don't know if that's good or bad. I think there's some skill lost in that. You know what I mean? Like, all my friends were assistants or lighting or digital. You know, they learned the whole process where I think now you can get hot on Instagram and make money and not have to learn anything. But, again, like... Would I do if I could get the easy way? I'd go the easy way too. <laughs> it's, 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 is there it. is there a word for what you people are like? The same way that an audio file would be somebody who has to like own everything on vinyl and have a great sound system versus just listening to it on your AirPod Pros. Like for somebody who has to own the original first pressing magazine and blah blah blah. Is there a word for you people? You stinky nasty people. Dork. You guys are fucked up. <laughs> just a dork. Just yeah. a, just a, just a dork ass. <laughs> Classic, classic dork, classic dork ass. A periodical file. A bibliophile is is books, mm-hmm. which this, but you know, a great example actually is the self service book with the ads, just the ads. Like that book is amazing because if you that was such those ads are as, as powerful as the editorials in a, in a lot of cases. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of that that nineties advertising. And and it's so, but like seeing that all laid out, I'm like, this is a this is an incredible idea for a book because that puts you there almost faster than an editorial oh, would. Yeah. It, it puts you right into that era immediately, you know. Um, then that that's a great book because that that's half the reason you buy these old magazines. The ads are incredible, you know. The ads are are part mm-hmm. of the fun. And as a non Patreon podcast, we love ads. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. We, we, it's kind of our life's blood, you know, so we are pro advertisement here on How Long Gone. So, what's the revenue model for How Long Gone? Like, what percentage is coming from ads? What percentage is coming from your merch? What does the pie look like? I mean, because we have our merch, we have our coffee that is coming out. So, that's a different revenue stream. I would say advertising is, is probably a, a big piece of the pie, maybe 70 30 advertising merch. I want to have many pies, you know what I'm saying? Men. Yeah, we we ba- we bacon up here, you know what I'm saying? And do you guys listen to other podcasts or do you just do podcasts? I don't anymore. I mean, I do occasionally. I don't really have the bandwidth. Jason's better about it than me. I, I used to. There aren't really any podcasts that I love nowadays. So not really, unfortunately. I mean, there was a phase where I listened to four or five hours of podcasts a day, you know, like five years ago. And I think it's just, you know, at a certain point, there's a few I listen to here and there now, but I listen to more music than I have since I was in my like early 20s, probably. Pods are just very hit or miss to me. Like I, there's ones that I'll be like, oh, I love this show. It's so funny. The hosts are great. There's nobody else like them. It fills that void that was missing. And then six months later, it'll just die. It'll just turn into something stupid. The host will become like a little too alt-right or they'll start having a bunch of like weird guests on that aren't funny and they don't get the vibe of the show and then that's it. It's done. And that's something that I always try to be conscious of avoiding. When recently when the Rory and Mal drama went down with the Joe Budden podcast, that was like me. Rory, I got to say, I was not expecting to talk about the Joe Budden experience with you. Um, Rory, how the fuck do you know about Joe Budden? How the fuck do you know about Joe Budden, Rory? Because my name is Rory. 
Oh, no. That day, my name was trending, which Jacob sent to me a screenshot. And I was like, oh, cool. And at first, I'm thinking, which which of my really cool stories about fashion did someone pick up to make me trending on Twitter? That is so funny. Um, and then, Fuck, that is so funny. And then you asked me to be on this podcast. And I was like, I think he thinks I'm that Rory. Like the Joe Budden. <laughs> Honestly, that would have been such a good bit, the first 10 minutes of it, or us being disappointed that you're not Rory from the Joe Budden podcast. So, you're not, alright, so you're not, okay, so, okay, I got it, you're not from New Jersey, okay, we'll start there, um, God, that's so fucking funny. You're not well, wearing a Yankees fitted cap or anything, Rory. This is fucked up. No, no jewelry on. You ain't even got a. You know what? You have no chain on. Can we get a shoe check? What? Which Timberlands are you wearing right now, Rory? <laughs> Rory, if you have black Air Force Ones on, do not show me. Um, I mean, there are not that many of us, right? There's me. There's Rory from Joe Budden. There's Rory from Gilmore Girls. There was a Rory Kennedy, and that's it. That's good company. Yeah, not a ton of famous Rorys. That's a good point. A couple of those are fictional characters. Thank you for joining us. It's been a pleasure to have you on How Long Gone. Um, and people can find you, obviously, at the Wall Street Journal and Off Duty. Um, season two of Emily in Paris is coming soon. And what? where are you at on Twitter? What's the handle? Is it Rory? Is it my name? I'm not on Twitter super often. But You're asking us, sis? Yeah. My, <laughs> my, I think, yeah, I'm not huge on Twitter, but um, I think Rory Sai is my Instagram. Okay, perfect. We'll find you there. Satran. Is it Satran or Satran? How, how do you pronounce your last name? Satran. Yeah. Okay, because I want to say it like the word Zatarans, the uh, the famous New Orleans rice. Does that make sense to you, or is that a first you've ever heard this? I think Saturday. That has a lot of energy. Yeah, it has a lot of pep, a lot of energy. No. Yeah. All right, Jason. All right, Jason. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. you're a jazzy chick, right? Put on a little chet, open up a bottle of rosé. Can we cut this part off? Rosé in the summer I'm not, months. Yeah. I'm not a jazzy chick. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not into chet. <laughs> I just w- let the record state I am not a jazzy chick it, by any stretch of the word. No. Thank you for shooting his dumb ass down. Thank you, Rory. Honestly, thank you. It was a real pleasure. I learned a lot. It was nice to talk to somebody who has similar interests and not a dumb musician or a person that tweets for a living. So thank you for joining uh, us. Thanks for having me, guys. This was fun. Our pleasure. Absolutely. Yeah, we'll talk to you soon, Rory. Have a good evening. We'll see you on the journal. <laughs> we'll see you on the journal. Once I get, once I share my dad's login with Jason, you know, we'll, we'll be there. I have Jacobs. I have Jacobs login. <laughs> Thank you. You guys are funny. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, mom. I saw you last night and got that old feeling. When you came inside, I got that old feeling. The moment that you danced by, I felt a thrill. And when you caught my eye, my heart stood still. Once again, I seemed to feel that old yearning. And I knew the spark of love was still.